Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, dear souls. Welcome back to the Balance Blonde podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm recording this intro from New York, which is really exciting because I love it here. The energy is so magnetic in New York and just so on another level of anywhere else. And I wasn't able to come to New York for so long due to my health. And it's just an exciting trip to be able to celebrate being healthy again and record some podcast episodes with some awesome people. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. This was recorded in LA, Olivia Nasida. She is such a light. You guys are absolutely going to fall in love with her if you don't already follow her, or maybe you're a fan of Olivia, which is what brought you here. So thank you regardless for being here. Olivia, on Instagram is Olive Eats. She is a wellness blogger, but she's honestly so much more than a wellness blogger. I don't even know how to begin describing Olivia. She's a speech pathologist and a creator. She's a writer. She writes on her blog. She writes beautiful, beautiful pieces. She's just all about the realness, all about writing about real food, fitness, mental health, friendship, breakups, relationships, all sorts of things. She also took a year off of social media, which is something that we get into in this episode. And more recently, she started sharing breathwork with people. She shares breathwork on her Instagram. She's really, really, really calming and grounding. Her presence is something that airy types like myself really crave and need. So she shares breathwork on Instagram that I am such a fan of. So I asked her to share some breathwork in this episode, which she did. So you guys are in for a treat. If you listen through to kind of like the middle, we do a little breathwork session, which got me more into my body. And it's just such a reminder, such a powerful reminder, how important it is to breathe. So beyond all of the amazing things that Olivia does in her life, she's a dear friend of mine that I truly can't imagine my life without. We became friends via Instagram of all wonderful things, the app that connects so many of us. And our friendship has just grown so deep so quickly. She's someone that I turn to when I just need to talk about something. We have fun together. She's just an all-around incredible soul, incredible person. And I'm so excited to share her with you today. I'm just so happy that she came on and it made me so comfortable. This was one of the very first episodes that I recorded after my hiatus, or should I say, 
kind of during my hiatus. So it made me so comfortable to have a close friend on the podcast that I could just be myself around and know that I didn't need to prepare or read up because I already know her so well, which is always very special. So we will get this episode started and I'm going to go spend the day in New York. I'm about to record a segment for TV, for Fox TV about Lyme disease, which will be really cool. I don't do a lot of interviews on TV pretty much ever just because I have had many bad experiences in my life in the past with just my words getting twisted around and all sorts of things. But I really trust this TV channel and the producers behind it. They have suffered with Lyme and their families have as well. So I'm actually really, really honored and excited to be such a part of of this coming up. So before we dive into the episode, I want to thank our sponsor for today's show, Four Sigmatic. We have the wonderful Four Sigmatic. They've been a partner of the show for a long time now. First of all, I want you to know that you can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, to get 15% off of all Four Sigmatic products. You can also go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde to check out a bunch of my favorites. But honestly, Four Sigmatic is always expanding. So my favorites list is always expanding as well. I've always been a huge fan of their chaga, chaga mushroom, which is an adaptogen. It gives you energy, makes you feel alert, makes you feel on. Very similar to coffee, except without the jitters of coffee and without crashing your adrenals because there's also adaptogenic herbs within the chaga and it tastes good. It tastes very roasted and toasty like coffee. Um, It has that dark, rich color and taste just like coffee. And like I said, it won't give you the jitters or the crash. But if you're more of a coffee person, they also have a bunch of different blends of coffee, different different adaptogenic coffee blends. They have a dark roast, which I really, really love lately. And then they have a blend of adaptogens with coffee. My actual favorite when I'm drinking coffee is their adaptogen coffee. It has some of my favorite adaptogens in it. It helps you to master stress without those caffeinated jitters. So what you'll find in their adaptogen coffee, the different herbs that you'll find within it are Tulsi and Ashwagandha. It has a cute purple label, so you can look look for it on their site that way. I like to mix it with hot water and sometimes some steamed coconut milk and have it with cinnamon. And when I was using Stevia, I would put Stevia in there. I'm actually taking a break from Stevia and using either maple or a little bit of honey as a sweetener. But also this doesn't necessarily need a sweetener. So I know that you'll love it. Also, Four Sigmatic recently came out with skincare. Their skincare is a game changer. If you're looking for a superfood serum to use on your face or superfood body butter or a superfood face mask, those are some of my favorites. So if you go to foursigmatic.com, use that code BLONDE, you seriously can't go wrong. Shop around, check it all out, give them some love. We've also had Taro, the founder of Four Sigmatic, on the show. If you want to learn more about adaptogens, adaptogenic mushrooms, lattes, foraging mushrooms, etc., you will probably fall in love. He is so knowledgeable. So check them out and enjoy. And now let's head into this episode with Olivia.
Olivia, I'm so excited to have you on right now. This is so special after we've become so close this year to have you be my first in-person interview after four months off feels so perfect and so aligned and just so amazing. I'm grateful to be here. Oh my gosh. So grateful to have you here and to share you with the Soul on Fire tribe. So tell everybody listening a little bit about you, um, who you are and what you do and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, hi, Soul on Fire tribe. My name is Olivia. Um, I am the creator, founder, woman behind All of Eats, which is essentially what has turned into a lifestyle blog from from really just food. Um, It was primarily a food blog a few years ago. And over the last few years after a hiatus and getting my master's degree um, in speech and language pathology, I came back. And now I am more of a lifestyle blogger who shares inspiration and thoughts and style and pretty much anything you could imagine my life would be is on there. Um, And it's kind of culminates in this idea of what it takes for me to live and experience a really healthy and beautiful life. And I love to create essentially a community. I believe I've created a community that's safe, um, that women want to come to and and men alike and to be vulnerable in. So it's really wonderful. You definitely have. You've created such a beautiful community and you share breath work and tips mm-hmm. on breathing, which... I have outlined in my notes here. I want to have you lead us through like a little, like one minute breathing exercise, which will be so nice for everybody, but we'll get to that. Okay. Like mid episode when, when everybody least expects it. So I like to start from the beginning with people and hear a little bit about where you were born. What was growing up like for you? What were you like as a child? Oh, I love this question. I just was on the phone with my friend walking over here and Literally the last thing I said to him, I was like, I blame my parents for all of this, my baggage. I was for like, literally I everything. blame my parents for everything. Um, isn't they're it, great. Not to interrupt you. Isn't it funny that every person, everything we are comes from our parents, all of our mm-hmm. issues, all of the wonderful things about us. Mm-hmm. It's so much responsibility to be a parent. Like I have thought about that so much because- who doesn't have baggage from their parents? Absolutely. And I think about it too, now that I've kind of taken my parents off of this pedestal that I had them on when I was a child. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my parents were gearing up to have me at my age now. And I feel like a kid right now. Yeah. How could I bring a child into this world and feel responsible for another human life? And you know, you do it. And my parents did it wonderfully. But the other day I told my mom, I was like, mom, I need to find a therapist to, uh, to like assess my childhood traumas. And she's like, you don't have any childhood traumas. You had a perfect childhood. And I was like, no, 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 no. But like childhood traumas, mom. And she's like, you don't have any, what are you saying? I was a bad mother. And I'm like, no, you were you, you were exactly like what you are. But unfortunately, there are like issues that come along with being raised by a completely different person than myself. Right. And it's just, we're in such a different generation from our parents where trauma to them and trauma to our generation, at least the things that we openly talk about and work through now is so different where my parents say the same thing. Like you weren't hit, you weren't (laughs) beaten. There's so many things that you didn't go through, but trauma can be anything. Trauma can be hearing 
something about yourself that really hurt you, hurt mm-hmm. your heart when you were young. So it can be hard for our parents to wrap their heads around, but it's so important that you're pursuing those avenues. For sure. So with that, um, I grew up in Orange County, California. I was born in Los Angeles, actually, and which is crazy to say now. Um, I lived here for a few years and then we moved to Orange County. I lived there my entire life, born and raised. Um, my dad is an immigrant from Cuba, escaped Cuba in 1961 with his parents after Castro came to power. And my mom is from the Valley in LA. So pretty fun family. Um, I'm a Cuban Jewish mix, which is an insane combination. (laughs) Um, very loud and soulful. And growing up, I was like your typical theater nerd. Um, I tried really hard to do like the soccer and the sports and the things. And I just always found myself back to watching Star Wars and playing music and being on stage. And, um, I was, you know, I was bullied in middle school, which I think has a huge impact on who I am today and the way I am today. I um, grew a lot from those experiences and um, being being surrounded by mean kids. And it's probably a big, a big reason why I'm a speech pathologist now. Um, I think it's really cool to be able to be a leader in a child's life. And yeah, so I just, I grew up and I went to high school and I had a great high school experience. And then I went to community college my first two years. I joined the speech and debate team. I was like a national speaker. It was all I did. That's incredible. Yeah. 40 hours a week. I was like, and that was, I think that was easily my nerdiest time in life. I mean, I was just like super into it. And but that's um, such a good skill to have. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's again another reason the way I am today. And I think a huge part of the reason that I'm able to kind of sustain the Instagram the way I do and the way I'm able to talk in my stories, it all comes from what I learned in my education from being a public speaker. And I'm I'm very lucky for that education. That's one of the best skills you can have. It's scary. I mean, it's second, it's the second fear to death. I know. I mean, I believe it too. Even starting this podcast was such a huge thing for me with public speaking and learning how to put my voice out there Mm -hmm. and share my point of view with people who love it and people who really don't love it and just being okay with all of it. Um, It's been super interesting. So the fact that you have that background is incredible. Yeah, I feel very lucky. It was a great time in my life Um, that I hopefully we'll someday get back into because I love speaking. Um, But yeah, so then I went to UC Berkeley my last two years of college, majored in linguistics, went straight back to nerd mode, joined a sorority. Like my life has been all over the place. What sorority were you in? I was in Kappa Kappa Gamma. Oh, you were? Have we ever talked about this? I don't know. I was in Alpha Phi. I think we have. We probably have. At where? Um, At LMU. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you enjoy the sorority life? You know what's funny? I, I did and I didn't. I was, um, what my sorority taught me, my sorority taught me a lot. Being in a sorority taught me a lot. I am really thankful for the connections and friendships I made because I needed those throughout college. I think the experience as a whole, when it came to going to parties and drinking and being surrounded by a a whole host of people in, in the Greek system in general, 
it taught me a lot about who I didn't want to be. And that's not to any individual that I met. It was just kind of the experience um, and the person that I was when I was in a sorority and the things that I did and the practices that I indulged in that really made me kind of realize this is not who I am. And I'm really happy I've had this experience because now I can just kind of throw that in that time space and move on. I don't know. How did you like it? I can agree with most of what you've said. I was in Alpha Phi for all four years. So, you know, going into college, we we didn't have houses at LMU. So that was the benefit to LMU. It's a small college and you rush second semester. So made a bunch of friends first semester who are still some of my closest friends now who ended up joining different sororities and different fraternities, which is awesome because Mm -hmm. I think at some bigger schools, when you rush right away, that becomes your circle immediately. And you don't necessarily make other friends Mm -hmm. in other sororities unless you have classes with these people. So for friendships and for having so much fun and for satiating the insane desire to party and socialize and drink and take (sighs) shots and go to events and dress up. Oh my, the dressing up. So fun for me for a couple of years. And then I studied abroad and then I kind of lost. So I turned 21 and Mm -hmm. lost all desire to drink alcohol, Mm -hmm. got super into like the spirituality Mm -hmm. and wellness world. And I had already been into all that. Um, but it took over. And when I came back to college after studying abroad, I was like, they called me like the anti, what did they call me? Not anti alpha fee at all. Um, but it was very much like Alexi, who, you know, yeah. who's in my sorority would always say like, only you would get away with not coming to anything. Oh my God. Skipping all like the Monday required events. Um, yeah. I was doing a yoga teacher training during rush. So I missed like really important, Mm -hmm. um, crucial things and had to pay a lot of fines. So I got to a point where looking back on it, it's so funny that I was paying to be a part of something that I was no longer, um, a part of. Yeah. I was like getting a a gym membership and not going to the gym and recurring a monthly payment. Totally. To not go to the gym. Totally. But I did learn a lot of leadership roles. Mm-hmm. I was the pledge mom. I forget what the official... Um, oh, like were you the like the security? Sorority educator. Oh. Um, so I educated a whole class of Alpha Phi girls on Alpha Phi customs. And um, that was amazing because I, you know, that was like a huge leadership role mm-hmm. for me at the time. And that was a good lesson for me to just speak in front of people and be an educator. Yeah. I was PR. I I could see that. (laughs) Yeah. So ultimately some of the alpha fee girls were in my wedding. Like some of my best friends were met that way. But when I tell people who are young, who are looking into rushing, I tell them all the highs and the lows Mm. because there are both. But I think part of college is to have fun and for sure. socialize and just enjoy yourself. So I think that's that was a huge part of it for me. Yeah, I'm super lucky that, honestly, that I went through my blackout drunk phase I, I because I came out of it, right? I say that now, but 
I mean, I was I was talking to somebody on Instagram live the other day. We went to college together, Avo Queen. And she's oh yeah, like, you guys went to college together. Well, we weren't friends in college. And she goes on on Instagram live. She's like, yeah, I remember you from college. Like, I just remember you were at all the SAE parties. And I was just like, oh my God, like, why <laughs> is this happening right now? But it was such and it was such a transformative experience for me to fully come into this person who I had kind of never found or I hadn't found yet and to feel fully confident in dressing up and going to parties and being social and drinking. And I mean, I didn't drink until I was 21. So for me at 21 to 22 and a half, I was like, let's go all the alcohol. But I would get really depressed after I drank and I would have a lot of anxiety. And my first depression I ever went through was my my first junior year, my first semester. And it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And I tell a lot of people too, I mean, I went to community college. I lived at home. My parents had just gotten a divorce, so I couldn't really go away. And I did not realize how unready I was to leave. I thought I was so ready at 18 to get out, go to New York, study at you know Tisch and do the whole thing. I was not ready when I was 20. And I think that's something that 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds who are applying to college, I think it's just something to think about because it's a really crazy shock to live with your parents your entire life and then get up and go. And I don't think if you have a head on your shoulders or like a really grounded practice in like meditation, which what 17 or 18-year-old does, I think it can be really hard to leave your home and to be by yourself. Yes, I completely agree. That was one of the hardest times in my life too. I didn't I didn't fully get depressed. I don't know how. I think it's because two of my best friends in college were from Sacramento mm. and we we weren't really friends before college, but we instantly became family and would travel home to Sacramento together and it kind of bridged the gap for me between home in college mm-hmm. and still to this day, two of the closest people in my life. And I always think without them, I think I would have had such a hard time mm-hmm. because we're so young. We're so attached to, I loved high school. Yeah, <laughs> me like, too. <laughs> I loved high school. I was so ridiculously happy. I went to one school from pre-K through 12th grade. Oh my gosh. So talk about shock. Yeah. I that's mean, crazy. the same 42 kids in my class from the time that I was four years old until going to college. So it was almost like just, being plopped in a different country. Mm-hmm. Um, what it can feel but like. I learned so much mm-hmm. and it sounds like you did too. I did. And then, so you graduated so and I then graduated. when did you end up starting your Instagram account, All of Eats? So I graduated in 2015, went through my, my first like real breakup, which you know, I woke up the next day and was like seeing spots and thought I was dead and, in, you know, in heaven because I, just didn't know what heartbreak felt like. And that was, um, that was an experience for sure. And I decided to do yoga teacher training because that's I guess, so amazing. I guess that's what you do when you're just in a state of like bottomness where you don't really know who you are or what, or what you are. And I was getting my second bachelor's degree to apply to graduate school. And in 2016, um, I started all of eats because I was, 
eating healthy. I had just been diagnosed with stress-induced IBS. I had had some autoimmune things with um, my angioedema that I suffer from. And it just felt to me like a really nice creative outlet. I was so used to performing and so used to public speaking and that had kind of all fallen away because I had chosen to go into academia and higher education. So I felt like starting an Instagram would be the best way for me to have this little hobby that's now my full-time job. Right. Um, but that, I think that's the best way for it to start because totally. it's all full of passion. It's passion. It's authenticity. It's, I mean, it's really because it's what you want to do. And so I started my Instagram and then I got into graduate school and decided to move to Portland, Oregon. I was like total granola girl. had just climbed Half Dome. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to Portland. I'm so great. I'm, I love nature. Got so depressed when I moved to Portland. The weather was unbearable. It's, it's crazy. We didn't see the sun for 44 days my first winter there. And I oh lived alone God. and I had three jobs. I was in graduate school and I was doing running my Instagram and kind of realized after a while that I wasn't making any real friends. I was spending most of my time online. And at that time, influencing wasn't really a thing. I mean, for you, it may have been a little bit more of um, like a lucrative business for me with somebody who with like, you know, 10,000 followers making recipes every day, it was mainly just taking more out of my pocket than it was putting in and taking a lot of time for my life. So I decided to take an Instagram hiatus in April of 2017. And I didn't even mean to take a hiatus. It was like, oh, I just don't really feel like posting today. I don't really feel like posting today. And then after two months, I was like, I think I'm on a hiatus. And that lasted for 15 months. And I did not go on Instagram until like July or August of 2018. So wow. I've only been back for about a year, year and a half now. So what made you decide to get back on? My life changed when I left social media. Um, I, re- I found another part of myself. I feel like in my life, it's been this really beautiful... I think back on my life and I'm like, gosh, it's been so beautiful. I'm so grateful for every single thing that has happened to me, both good and bad alike. And mainly my depressions have really propelled me into this kind of new butterfly, right? Almost like cocooning and and reforming. Each time I kind of get into this sad space, I really find, you know, do the work and a lot, a lot of credit to my parents because they're very emotionally, they have very high emotional IQs and they've helped me through a lot. But um I went through a complete transformation when I was off of social media. I fell in love. I started working out. I found myself as an athlete. So I found a lot of physical awareness in my body, which was super transformative for me. Um, I started studying Buddhism. I just became the best version of me without any other influence. And that was what I needed to really find this part of myself. And when I decided to move back to Los Angeles, I think it was my first day back. I was living with my dad before I got an apartment. And my ex-boyfriend was like, hey, you should start your Instagram again. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, just do it. You know, you're so... You've come into yourself. Because I, I, of course, as like a Pisces, literally all we ever talked about when we hung out, I was like, listen to my journal entry about how much I've changed in the last <laughs> month. Yeah, <laughs> You know? But... um. Yeah. And then I started again and decided that I wanted to make it a little bit more lifestyle. And for the first few months, I didn't really know what avenue I was on. And then slowly, I just started to find my groove. And here we are today. And it's become this massive journal of my life and the way I live. And 
I am just, I am really grateful for where I am. I'm really grateful that like you've come into my life and that we're friends. I mean, I, it's just, it's wonderful to reflect on what I've been through. Absolutely. I mean, I think you've taken the longest Instagram hiatus of any Instagram blogger, mm-hmm. influencer that I know. Yeah. And it's a long time. I think that that's months. really brave, especially, so you never announced it or anything because no. you just, you I just think some people thought left. I died and they like, <laughs> people were probably worried. Yeah, people I think who they didn't were. You. I didn't really realize what effect I had had on people um, mm-hmm. prior to going on my hiatus. And I stayed best friends with Sam, Sammy Jane Eason. And she would kind of tell me, she's like, people are commenting on her last photo and they're like wondering where you went. Should I, call, should I do something? So and did I was she? like, no, I don't even know if she did. I think people started to message her and she would respond mm-hmm. to those. But I was like, you know, I was in this state where I'm like, I don't know anybody, anything and da, 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 da. Which is true. And I think that that's a really important thing to remember. Although it's so amazing when people are concerned about you and For sure. missing you. I think taking off the pressure and remembering that you don't owe anybody anything mm-hmm. but yourself. And that goes for everyone. I think it's so didn't... important. For sure. And I think I didn't know why I was leaving. So I think, like I said, it wasn't this planned hiatus of like, things are crazy for me right now, or I'm going through, I'm going through some disordered habits. It was very much like, I just didn't want to post. And one day turned into the next, which turned into two months, which turned into a year. And by that time I was like, why would I, signing on seems almost impossible. Um, And when I came back, I did like my first post was like an apology letter. Um, I want to go back and see it. Yeah. It's like me at Erwan. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm back. I'm living in LA. (laughs) Did you get tons and tons of response from people? They were just like, where have you been? And I mean, I really didn't have that many followers when I came back last year. You know, Mm -hmm. I think a decent amount of people had unfollowed me, rightfully so. And when I did come back, the people who stuck around, which y'all, you're a real one. I mean, maybe you're listening to this. Thank you. But they were just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. I mean, I was met with nothing but support. And I think even today on my platform, I am met with nothing but support. And it's the craziest thing to me. I feel so thankful for the community that I fostered and the people who choose to come and connect on my page. It is like, it is nuts. It is just so cool every single day. And I, I cry reading direct messages every day. I mean, just people are great. People are great. There's so totally. many great people in this world. I know. So your account has grown a lot in a year and a half. I, I would so. say a lot. And yeah. that's something to be really proud of. And yes. I think it's largely in part to you share your heart and you have amazing photos, amazing recipes, an amazing aesthetic. I love it. Gosh, you're but, so good to me. I'm like, I mean, you're my good friend. So it feels weird for me to say I'm fangirling because <laughs> we hang out, but I am. That's crazy. Don't it's true. I, no, I love your, I love your aesthetic. I love everything you post, but most of all, you share real vulnerable thoughts and moments and you share what you're going through and it's so inspiring to people. So it's important. It makes a lot of sense to me that you've grown so fast. But in this day and age where Instagram, there's a lot of people on Instagram mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of people blogging and there's every every single person is sharing recipes and doing their thing. Um, it's not always easy to grow. So no. you should be really proud of yourself. Thanks, so now you use social media quite differently than mm-hmm. before, more mindfully. What does that look like? 
Well, it's very hard running a full-time business on social media and trying to be mindful about being on. Um, When I was off of social media, it's so funny. There's a period in my phone of a year and a half almost of like really no pictures. Oh yeah. There's like a few pictures. And now you go on my phone and it's like 700 pictures of me at a coffee shop, 700 (laughs) pictures of brownies. It's like, oh my gosh, there's too much going on. Yeah. You know, I think it's about, it's, it's hard to stay off of social media when you want to connect with people. And I know you understand this because you more than any other blogger I know are so connected to your community. I'm sure that any person that has listened to this podcast and reached out to you about it, you have responded to because you have such a good heart. Not only you are very aware and you're very mindful of other people. And that's the hard part um, because I do want to get back to everyone and I want to talk to everyone. However, I am super, super aware of my energy these days and where I give it and where I receive it. And a part of being mindfully on social media is only handling what I can handle and setting up certain times in my day to work around. So I have a really strict, I guess you could say for lack of a better word, morning routine. That morning routine does not involve my phone until I'm done. Having my coffee, sitting in silence, meditating, my phone doesn't come out. And that goes for the nighttime too. When I'm done eating dinner and having dessert, everything goes away. Um, It's not really this... It's just not this thing I want to have in my life when I'm about to go to bed or about to wake up. And so the thing is that I think about is how do I stay mindful throughout the day not being on social media all the time? And it's mainly about this practice of grounding yourself where you are and rooting yourself in the present and saying is this something that's going to bring me joy right now? And is this something that's going to wipe me out energetically? Or is this going to recharge me energetically? And so I kind of use those self-talk practices to keep me on and to keep me off. And I feel like that's how I stay mindful. And the thing is, is there's some days where I'm on way more than other days, but I know I can handle it. And I do think that when we set rules for ourselves and we kind of create this box of rules for ourselves, not only do we hold the key, but there are certain days where I can totally sustain being on social media for eight hours, responding to everyone, doing posts. I get excited. I'm creative. I want to blog. I want to write. I want to do this. I want to do that. There's other days where I can only do 30 minutes. And it's really about having that self-talk practice saying, you know, going through all those things in your head and then choosing whether or not to sign on. So that was my 45-minute answer to how no, to stay mindful the best <laughs> on social media. I'm getting so many tidbits from you too, because I can definitely relate to there are some days that I really can spend, like you said, eight hours Mm -hmm. or more on social media. And it makes me excited to talk to people and just engage. And then I just want more. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to post another photo because I just want to keep talking to everybody. And that's, it's a testament to the fact that we love what we do. Mm -hmm. But there are other days where I can so clearly notice that I don't even want to look at my phone. Um, which goes for social media, which goes for texts, um, emails, phone calls. I just can't look at any of it. And if I see somebody on Instagram in public, I'm like, how can they even do it? Like that Mm -hmm. looks so draining where it's so funny because the next day that could be me. Um, I know. Well, you're good about that. 
Because I'll text you. I feel like I text you early in the morning or late at night and it always goes through as green. And oh, I'm like, yeah. shit, I don't have any service in my house. <laughs> no, I turn my and then phone you text me like off. 12 hours later and you're like, sorry, just turn my phone back on. I it's like know. four in the afternoon. I'm like, go girl. No, seriously. It's good. I, I do that. And that has saved me. Yeah. So I like hearing that, that you do that too. Yeah. And to fine. know that I'm not the only person who can have those boundaries, but also really put my all and my energy into social media some days, which I can feel guilty about sometimes because every, I have so many people saying like, don't spend this much time on social media, pour energy back into yourself. Don't respond to everybody. But ultimately that might do what feels right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some days it feels right. So it's important. All right, guys, just a brief interruption from this amazing conversation with Olivia to talk to you about Go Macro, my absolute favorite bar that I bring with me on the go everywhere. I'm traveling this week, like I said, so I brought it with me to New York. It holds me over. It satiates me. It tastes amazing. You can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for 30% off and free shipping. So if you do... And trust me, you guys, you will want to try their oatmeal chocolate chip. It is so good. It tastes like a cookie. You can warm it up in a toaster oven or you can just eat it on its own. The toaster oven thing is something that my friend taught me and it tastes amazing. But honestly, on the go, I eat them on their own. It still tastes like a cookie. It's so good. The bars are completely vegan. They are a mother-daughter owned company and they're based in a small rural community. Their mission is to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle with products that have positive effects on the world, which I love because honestly, if I distilled my mission down at the Balanced Blonde, it, it would be something very similar. It is Go Macro's goal to inspire you to have a healthy body, a sharp mind, and a bold spirit. All of their bars are made from simple, high-quality ingredients. They're certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, raw, and soy-free. I love what they're about. I love how clean they are. I honestly love how good they taste. We gave them out in gift bags at our wedding because that's how much we love them. And I honestly got so much feedback from our friends and family about the bars like, oh my God, I love these bars. Where can I get them? So I send everybody to their website, gomacro.com. Use that code BLONDE for 30% off. Some of my favorites are their oatmeal chocolate chip, peanut butter chocolate chip, coconut and almond butter and chocolate chip. That's my dad's favorite. That was in our gift bags. Their maple sea salt is really good. And then if you don't eat nuts, they have a sunflower butter and chocolate one. They all have cute names. Um, There's a mocha one called Sweet Awakening. So I know you'll fall in love. Check them out. Use that code BLONDE at gomacro.com for the best vegan and clean bars that you'll ever try. Seriously, I am such a fan. I'm so excited to be working with them. So check them out and let's head back into this episode with Olivia. So you told us about your morning routine. Mm-hmm. What is the rest of a day in the life like for you? Well, it's it's a little bit different every day. I I am a part-time speech-language pathologist and a, a full-time blogger, content creator. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday looks like me waking up at 5.30, 
having my morning routine, coffee, silence, meditation. You wake up so early. Mm, It is so inspiring to me. No, I hate it. Honestly, right now I'm in this place where I'm trying to allow myself to sleep in on days that I can afford to. Oh, good. So I slept in today, which was massive for me. I mean, I knew I was coming on this podcast and there's certain times where I just can't be tired, where waking up at 5.30 doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you sleep in, how late is that? Like 7.30, 8. Okay. If I have blackout curtains, I'll sleep till 10.30, okay, 12.30. Yes. I'm always interested to hear what is sleeping in for people because people who are morning people are like, yeah, I slept in till seven. It was awesome. You're like, I'm like, if I get up at seven, that is like the what's most, your sleeping more, the most early day of my life. I sleep until eight usually, okay. but that's early for me. Mm-hmm. I If I didn't set an alarm, I would sleep until 10 probably. But I've always been that way. My circadian rhythm is I'm up very late if mm. I let myself and I get all my ideas and energy. Mm-hmm. I get a huge burst. I get a second wind at like 10. Me and, too. And I then try to I get can to bed be, before that. Mm-hmm, I can be up easily until one or two or three. So my body would love to like be up until three, sleep until 11. But I try not to do that. Mm-hmm. So try to go to bed earlier, mm-hmm. wake up earlier. Jonathan wakes up at five or four thirty. So that's okay, like four thirty is criminal. He's insane. So he'll kiss Orange me goodbye and life. leave. I know. And I'm like, I'm I'm always like, what time is it? Because I'm always <laughs> trying to figure out like how many more hours can I sleep? And he's like, Don't even worry about it. For you, it's the middle of the night. So I feel like that's my goal in life. I just went to New York and I stayed at the public hotel and they have these blackout curtains that are legit unreal. They're unreal. Like you push a button, they come down, like it's straight up out of, you know, the movie, The Holiday, where Kate Winslet's like sleeping in her room and the blackout curtains go down. I could not tell what time of day it was when I woke up and one day it was 1230. And I woke up and was like, oh my God, it's so early. And it was noon. But that's also because of the time difference. Yeah. But it's amazing. But it is amazing. Yes. So, okay. So you wake up, you have your morning routine. Have my morning routine. And then if it's a day that I'm doing fully Instagram, every day looks different. But usually I'll go on. I start responding to direct messages, to comments, just like really getting engaged with my audience. And the morning makes me happy and makes me feel really fulfilled. Then I usually post an Instagram and continue to engage. So I'd say that's like a three-hour... It's like three hours of like straight social media on those days. And then I spend a lot of time responding to emails and or creating content. So I might be out at meetings. I might be doing photo shoots. I might be creating recipes. Kind of just depends on the day. And then I always leave time for emails at the end of the day. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays are a little bit different. I wake up at 5.30. I do 5.30 to 7.30 Instagram And then I leave for work at 7.30 and I see patients all day. So I uh, specialize in children from zero to three years old with developmental delays, anything from autism to stuttering to late talking to neurological disorders. And I work with them in therapy sessions, which are about 45 minutes and their families as well. And I see, you know, an upwards of six patients um, every Tuesday and Thursday. And it takes a lot of energy out of me. 
all of the time that I have between sessions, I'm on Instagram um, because it's important to me to make sure I'm staying updated and staying engaged with my community. But those are my hardest days. And then I come home and honestly, for the last like six months, it's been a bowl of soup, a bread roll, (laughs) a little bit of weed and like straight to bed. So good. I'm just really tired all the time. Yeah, that's a very, very involved day Mm -hmm. and week. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Um, I was a full-time speech pathologist up until May where I was doing full-time content creation and speech pathology. And I truly felt like I was going to die. So it was important for me going part-time was a really big step in my career. Um, But I never really want to lose out on learning and helping as a speech pathologist. I just need to continue to find where my niche is because right now it's, it's a little bit much. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a lot. It's crazy. It's so many different things that you enjoy and that you're good at. So 2020, you'll hone in on where you're going to put your energy and what feels good. Yeah. I think 2020 is going to be a really big year for me. We've talked about this. 2020 is like Mm -hmm. the year, right? It's It's, coming. It's the decade year. Um, Things feel right for 2020. I can't really explain. My body feels... Does your body feel like ready? I feel like I'm tingling all the time. Me too. I mean, I feel like I'm healing so many things. Just I know you are ready to to go right into 2020 and just yeah, it's a new decade. Everything's gonna be different. I know. It's a clean slate times a hundred. I know. Yeah. I'm having a numerologist on the podcast in a couple of weeks and I wanna talk to him about 2020 being a four year. Because I'm seeing fours everywhere. Oh. And all these different numerologists, people who are into numerology are like, oh my God, it's because 2020 is a four year. That's why you're seeing 444. I don't really know what it means. Oh, I saw you post that yesterday. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, it's probably going to be 444 while we're talking too, because it's, yeah, which is amazing. (sighs) Oh, do you have to go somewhere? No. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) It just scares me. I'm like, what's going to happen at 444? I'm going to point it out to you. Um, So, There's so much to learn with all that fun stuff, Mm -hmm. but 2020 is going to be huge for you. And for you. For both of us and for everybody listening. So Yeah, it's all happening for you guys. I know. Get ready. That brings me into my next question. So you're going through a breakup Mm -hmm. and people who follow you probably know this because you've been really open and really candid about sharing how you're feeling and your journey. Mm -hmm. So if you could share a little bit about that with us and how you're getting through it. And how you're staying strong. Sure. Any tips? Because I know so many people listening are in the same boat or will be or Mm -hmm. have been. So you're so strong. So give us all your strength tips. Well, thank you. It is the it is the most universal feeling, heartbreak. It is the most universal feeling. So for all of those listening, I have been there. Jordan has been there. Um anyone else that's listening, we've all been there. Um, and it, it can feel so isolating. So I think the first thing to remember is that you're not the only one going through it. I think the second thing to remember is that it's going to be okay. To, to experience heartbreak is unlike anything else. It takes over your body and your mind and your soul. And you you have to work really, really, really freaking hard to pull yourself into a new and beautiful place. Um, I don't think it just happens by chance. I think it takes work. 
I think that there's so many beautiful things about heartbreak and I look at it as a Pisces. I look at it very like all of the sad emotions I feel can be turned into so much positivity and you can learn from and to sit in that sadness really makes you feel the gratitude of being alive. So I would say, you know, every heartbreak is different and heartbreak is something that when you go through a breakup, things take, sometimes it takes longer to grieve and sometimes it's shorter to grieve. For example, my first breakup that I went through, it took me like over a year to really fully move on. This breakup, it's been two months and I'm very much on to my next stage in life. And that's for many, many reasons, but I very much know who I am. And I was very much grieving my previous relationship long before it actually ended. So I'm doing great. That is the good news. I'm doing great and I'm very, very, very happy. And I'm really happy too, because my ex and I are super good friends. That's the best thing is to end on a good note. But I would say the first thing is to go buy books, go buy books that make you feel better. My favorite book is When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times by Pema Chodron. And you'll put that on the credits. Yeah. But that book got me through my first breakup and my second breakup and truly changed me. It allowed me to understand this idea of running into fear versus running away from it. And there has been no greater gift in my life than understanding the beauty of sitting in the sadness and letting it charge you and letting it, yeah, letting it charge you and letting it deplete you and going through those ebbs and flows and understanding that to be a full human, we need to experience grief and joy and misery and pain, all of these things we have to experience. I think it's really easy to label a breakup as bad or a breakup as good when really we just don't know anything. We don't know if a breakup is bad or good, we don't know what our life is going to be in a week or a month. So true. So why not allow it to be just a blip in our lives of a happening? This has happened and now that we move on. so wise. And that has, that almost like ethereal advice has gotten me through so much because what it made me realize is that the energy you give is the energy you get. The more energy I put into the idea that this breakup is going to quote unquote ruin my life is the more energy of life ruining that comes back to me. But the idea that things are continuing to change forever, I mean, everything in life is impermanent, it's temporary, you start to realize that a breakup is a breakup and we move on and we work and we I will say like the the one thing that I guess you know falling out of love and going through one breakup and then falling deeply deeply in love from this last relationship you will find love again. And that is the most important thing to remember. And the thing is, so you first might find love within yourself. And then you might find love with a dog. You know, you might get a dog and find love with that. You might fall in love with traveling or with life and then maybe a month later, a week later, three years later, seven years later, you find the person you're supposed to be with. To hold on to the idea that you will find love again will propel you and continue to live and feel the feelings, feel sad, feel happy when you feel happy and don't don't judge those emotions. I think for me, the biggest thing that's I've been going through currently 
is that, like I said, I, I'm very much, I've very much moved on from my most recent relationship. And that was really hard for me to grapple with. When I woke up one day and felt fine, I reprimanded myself for feeling fine because I was like, it's too early. You shouldn't feel happy yet. You shouldn't feel good about life yet. Don't do that to yourself. You know, if you wake up sad, don't judge that emotion. Just let it be there and work through it. If you feel happy, don't judge that either. Just work through that because the day, next day might be different. So I don't know. Does that answer the question? That is like the most mic drop answer oh I gosh. could ever imagine. Stop it. Beyond. I Stop. mean, so much wisdom in there. So yeah. many metaphors for life, by the way. We as humans, we don't actually know what's going on. Unfortunately, Mm-mm. to break it to everybody, <laughs> if you thought you knew what was going on, you don't. Um, we can feel like we know the purpose of life and the purpose in our pain And it's all so good to become aware of and to feel into, but we ultimately, we don't know. And any wise teacher will tell you they know nothing. And Mm. I love that. So the fact that you said that in regards to a breakup, being good or bad is such a metaphor for life. We can label things as good. We can label them as bad. We can label them as challenging and that's all good. But It's the very law of attraction, everything you said, that you're putting the good vibes out into the universe, you're receiving them back, and it's amazing that you have the benefit of remaining friends with your Mm ex-boyfriend, I think when possible, Mm-hmm. So nice. To it have allows that. the energy to flow. It allows the positive mm-hmm. energy to keep flowing in the world, I think. Right. And for some people, it's not an option. No. But when it is, it's nice. Exactly. And it's good to embrace. And I love that you guys have done that. Mm-hmm. So, as your friend, it's very good to see how well you're doing, how strong you are, you how are happy you are. I appreciate you. Happiness. And you're one of the wonderful. first people I told. I feel like we were like audio messaging and I was like at the beach we were, sobbing yes. and I'm like, and I feel like because I'm a Pisces <laughs> and because of this sign, this just wasn't meant to be. No, and you were like, it's going to be okay. I was like, oh my God, the astrology in this is so accurate. Uh, um, oh yeah. We, yeah. I so remember that. I was in bed. I had just woken up and yeah. I remember being like, I am sending her this even though I have like the groggiest voice. But it meant so much to me that you shared that with me and... You've helped me. You've helped me get through a lot, even in these short, what, five or six months that we've become good friends. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same. And we've talked too. You know, like I said, heartbreak is universal. We've talked about both of our previous relationships with each other. And it's so interesting to be able to understand each other on that level. Um, because right, you know, when you told me about you know, your past relationships when we were getting lunch last week or two weeks ago, it was like, oh, she gets me. I she do. understands. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just think people don't. Everybody right. does. Definitely. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so important. That's why I think you sharing what you're going through is helping so many people because if they're in the same boat, they realize they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And and to see you thrive, like Ugh. to know that you're allowed to be happy even yes. in a harder time. Mm-hmm. And you're allowed to be sad too. Mm-hmm. And I feel, and there's certain days too where I have hours of sadness, you know, who doesn't? But overall, life is so good. I know. Life is so good. Life is so good. 
Um, okay, so now let's get into the breath work because okay. you're so good at it. You started teaching classes, right? Workshops sometimes. I'm doing some workshops in LA. Yeah, I've been, um, I was at Parsley Health last month um, and that was great. And I do it on my Instagram and I'm a yoga teacher too. I don't really teach out here though. It's, I feel like it needs to be a full-time job. If you we should teach a class together. Sister. A yoga Should and we do an work? event? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The conception is happening right now. Oh my gosh. So anybody listening who wants that, just tell us. Yes. We should do it because I, I really miss teaching too. We should do an event. We should yeah. get everybody out, have some good food. It would be, it, it will be so fun. Yeah. We can I'm all not cry say together. It would be because it'll definitely happen. Yeah, it will happen. Yeah. 2020, you guys. Yeah. Everybody listen. We will all cry together. <laughs> we will all Pisces cry together. and Libra with my Cancer moon. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. And my Taurus moon. And so I just found out I'm Venus Aries. I can't even get into this right oh now. Oh my gosh. Do you know what your Venus is? How you um, love? I'm pretty sure I might have to double check that it's Libra because I have Libra so many, I have Libra in so many places, but I would have to check, anyway, which I will do. I'm shook. Me too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's breathe. Okay. So you're here, wherever you are, if you're in your car, if you're at your house, just start to ground down, breathe normally. Don't need to think about it too much. And put your feet on the ground wherever you are. Uh, Allow yourself to really root into the earth. You're safe here. This is your space. You can dip your chin towards your chest and start to close your eyes. You can have your hands wherever feels comfortable, on your knees, on your chest, on your belly, to feel the in and out of the breath. And slowly what we're going to do is we're going to activate the vagus nerve in your body. I like to talk a little bit about science as as a, a nice conjunction to breathing because sometimes it feels really cool to understand what's happening to us physically in the body when we're taking really deep breaths. But our vagus nerve is the longest cranial nerve in our body and it really feeds into so many organs And so what we do by taking really, really deep breaths is we activate this parasympathetic nervous system. We activate this rest and digest. We allow ourselves to get out of that fight or flight, that scary adrenaline pumping, anxiety inducing feeling, and we bring ourselves back to calm. You can really do this anywhere you are. Um, And as humans, we usually take about 15 to 18 breaths a minute. But for this, we're going to take about six really, really deep breaths. So slowly start to shrug your shoulders all the way up, up to your ears, and then let them come down your back, just creating space between the shoulders and the ears. You can roll yourself out, maybe roll your head one side and another. And when you breathe in, you're going to want your belly to expand, allowing for that diaphragmatic expansion. And when you breathe out, you're going to pull your abdominals all the way in and breathe out as much as you can. So with that, we'll start to breathe. I'll first breathe with you and then I'll count Jordan through a few breaths and you can follow her lead. So let's inhale. Again, let's take an inhale for six, five, four, three, two, one. 
hold it at the top, sip in a little bit more air, and exhale audibly for seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale, five, four, three, two, one. Sip in a little bit more air. Hold it. Exhale, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale, four, three, two, one. Hold it. Exhale, five, four, three, two, one. Last breath here. Inhale, four, three, two, one. Hold it at the top. Sip in a little bit more air. And a super audible exhale for six, five, four, three, two, one. You can think about what you're grateful for in this moment, the fact that you're here listening to us, wherever you are, there's so much to be thankful for in this life. There's so much to look forward to. And with that, you can slowly begin to flutter your eyes open, bring yourself back to this space and don't forget to breathe. Wow. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. That was I, so good. I can't believe on, I can believe on the spot like that. You just, you have so much to say oh with gosh. the science background. I, I mean, love that part. That is so fascinating. Thanks. I feel so much better. Good. I needed that. It's the best. I think too, holding it at the top, we kind of make ourselves dizzy because we, we like don't allow that oxygen in mm-hmm. and then breathing it out. And I, I always talk to people that do my meditations. They're like, I felt a little bit dizzy. And I'm like, it's a yeah. good thing because you're leaving, you're Stagnant leaving. Stagnant energy mm-hmm. leaving the body. Yeah. I know. I'm like a chronic not breather. <laughs> like I just yeah. don't breathe. I'll just we like all talk are. and talk and talk. And people will be like, you seem a little out of breath. I'm like, I know. I. It's like we forget how to breathe. And it's the basic function of being alive. Yeah. So I love that you focus on that. That was for letting me do that. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm so glad everybody listening has that on recording because you can always, if you're listening to this, just rewind, listen to that part again anytime that you want. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple. It's good before bed. Yeah. And so interesting about the vagus nerve. Because I recently, so I've been getting a lot of panic attacks lately and I read something, this is very like medical medium philosophy, but you know that I love him Mm -hmm. um, about the vagus nerve. When the vagus nerve is inflamed, it causes panic attacks. And obviously panic attacks come from many different sources, many different reasons, But for me, these panic attacks have felt very physical. Mm. It's like, I have no control. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling my mom and Jonathan, these are so physical. Something's happening Mm -hmm. with like my brain and my body because mentally I'll be fine until it starts happening, of course. And then it becomes mental and physical. So with the inflamed vagus nerve. I mean, it feeds to the lungs, the heart, the gut. And, and a few other organs, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physician, but as a speech pathologist, you know, we, we're, it's a medical profession and we learn a lot about the cranial nerves. And I think for me personally, it's one of the most important 
cranial nerves. I mean, to me, it's my favorite cranial nerve. And that shows you what a freaking nerd I am because I have a favorite cranial <laughs> nerve. Now I'm like, knew. why did I say that? I wish I knew all the other um, ones. Yeah, I mean, they're all really important, but um, it feeds into the, the gut. So digestion, it feeds into the heart. So heart rate, it feeds into the lungs. So oxygen consumption. So even when you're pregnant, right? And you have a vagus nerve. So essentially what we do when we breathe is we increase our vagal tone. So we increase the tone of the vagal nerve. You can essentially think of it as like a massaging of of this nerve. Think of it as like a cord. When we're activating the parasympathetic nervous system, we're massaging the the tone. We're increasing vagal tone. When you're pregnant and you're stressed, you're passing on the uh, lacking vagal tone to your child. And so that's why they've found studies of mothers who are stressed or mothers who are depressed, their children are more susceptible to stress, anxiety, and depression. It's that vagal nerve, vagus nerve connection. Um, so totally makes sense that an inflamed vagus nerve is going to cause you physical alterations of a panic attack because you have all of these organs in your body that are now saying, alert, alert, we are not okay. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is you're in, I always tell people this is the coolest fact. So you have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. When you breathe and you increase your vagal tone, you're activating parasympathetic, which is rest, digest. Your sympathetic, which is fight or flight, we are living. We are living in our sympathetic nervous system. As humans in 2019, living in the under the societal pressure that we live under our body does not recognize the difference of fight or flight i'm stressed about work i'm stressed about a boy i'm stressed about whatever it may be our body does not recognize that as being different of us being chased by a bear so when your vagus nerve is inflamed when you don't have proper vagal tone, when you're not able to activate that parasympathetic nervous system, when you are living in the sympathetic, your body is working because your body is like, there is a fucking 300 pound bear behind me coming to eat me. Wow. It's crazy. And that's crazy. It's nuts. And it makes sense. We live in a very Mm. hectic day and age and whether you live in a city, whether you live elsewhere, it's just a hectic, it's a hectic modern life. It makes so much sense. And that's how I feel when I'm in that panicked state, like all everything's turned on as if I have to run from a bear, mm-hmm. but it could be anywhere. It could be in bed. It happens to me a mm-hmm. lot when I wake up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so scary. And in Ayurveda, they would say my vata is really high and that's true. Um, but the medical medium philosophy really spoke to me um, and about the inflamed vagus nerve causing okay. panic attacks. And then the remedy is ginger, <laughs> ginger tea. Oh, so, ginger. Are you drinking ginger um, right now? This is actually a throat coat tea. Oh, love I've throat had, coat. Yeah, I've had like a sore throat, but um, I have been up on the ginger in my smoothies and tea juices, just trying to eat all those anti-inflammatory foods. Love that. And it's true when you're inflamed and if you have chronic illness, then Mm. you have to work extra hard to reduce inflammation. Then these things happen. 
The amount of hard so, work that you do inspires me every day. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. It does. Thank you. Well, the breath work helps a ton. It does. So I want to get into the rapid fires okay. with you. These They're always make super me so nervous. Fun. You don't have to be rapid with it. Okay. It's just, <laughs> am I ever just, rapid? Um, I'll give you 45 minute <laughs> answers to everything. Yeah. It's more just fun questions that I ask everybody. So where do you see yourself in 20 years? 20? I know. It's How kind old of will far. I be? 40? Oh God. 46? No, Wait, are you, are you yeah, 26? 26. Okay. 46. I see no, myself living in like, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, where do I see myself? Well, I, I really hope I have kids when I'm mm-hmm. uh, that age. And I really see myself in like a mid-century modern uh, house, one story, just living my life. I'm hoping, I hope that I'm still doing what I'm doing today. I hope that I've kind of found my flow with connecting with people and speaking publicly and um, helping. But I guess I really hope I'm a mom. I really hope I'm a mom when I'm 46. Yes. That's really like, gosh, that sounds so nuts. Like, don't let any of the guys I'm dating listen to this podcast and be like, all she wants is a child. that sounds nuts But really, like, as you get older, the aching womb becomes real. And I think Mm -hmm. 46 is, I hope. You will have some kids. Yeah. And if not my own biological children, then I hope I'm able to, like, find that in something else. Definitely. Good answer. Thank you. Um... What's one thing you've never been asked in an interview that you wish someone would ask? Oh, I know it's hard. I've never been asked what, uh, this is a funny one. I don't wish anyone asked that though. No, just kidding. Um, I've never been asked what I wish I would have told myself throughout my early twenties. What would you have told yourself? Stay the course stay the course. Mm. Just continue. Keep on keeping on. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I think you have a lot of doubt. There's a lot of doubt that comes in your in your 20s. I mean, I'm still in them, but in your early 20s, especially a lot of doubt arises. And I think just to know to stay the path and it all works out the way it's going to work out and the way it's supposed to work out. I wish I would have known that. Stay the course. Stay the course. It's crazy that you say that. That's one of the main messages that I get from my guides from my angels, mm. when I meditate, um, whatever your beliefs are, wherever it's coming from, stay the course. It'll pop into my head in the most random moments Weird. all the time. Yeah. And oh it's gosh. a good one. It's like, okay. I mean, it's, it feels right. Truth. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a place as well where there will be certain moments in your life that make you realize, I'm so glad I stayed the course mm-hmm. because this is what this is what the end result was. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that's powerful. That's so good. Okay, this is a fun one because you love theater. Yes. What is your favorite Broadway show? Oh, okay. Well, my I was just talking to someone about this the other day where I really love Broadway shows, but I'm more musically inclined. So for me, it's more where do my favorite songs come from yeah. in shows. So I would say... My favorite songs, I'm going to give you multiple because how could I give you just one? Is There's a song in Miss Saigon. I love Miss Saigon. Have you seen it? No. Oh my God. Uh, I have to. A war-torn love story. Gotta see it. Beautiful. Uh Um, The new musical Waitress, that's a Sarah Bareilles. I want to see it so bad. Me too. I haven't seen it, but she used to be mine. Go listen to it. Make sure you're by yourself because you're going to cry. Amazing. Um, Wicked. Am I not going to put Wicked in there? Of course I'm going to put Wicked in there. Of course Wicked. I love, 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 love West Side Story. 
And I guess last but not least, because I've been in it three times, is Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, love. Yeah, Fiddler on the Roof. It has, I mean, I'm Jewish. So my mom was like, my mom like almost fell over. I was in seventh grade and I got in the company and I was, Havala. and she was like, oh my God, we're oh, going to celebrate. Yes. She's in Fiddler. And yeah, um, it is important. To- so I do love that show. And a really good song from that show is Do You Love Me? And it's, I'm, I like sad songs. I know. So, so do I. <laughs> what are your favorite songs from Wicked? Oh, uh, what's it called? What's the one that Alphaba sings? And she's like, I'm not pretty and he's never going to love me. Um... Uh, I know what you're talking, you know what about. talking about. Yeah, it's, it's um, uh, I'm singing the lyrics in my head yeah. right now. We'll look it up. We'll okay, put it okay, in the we'll show notes. Yeah, yeah. That song, I mean, for good is just a classic. For good is so. Is that your good. favorite? What's your favorite? It's probably my favorite. I mean, I like them all. Could we do a duet of popular together? Please. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I love popular. I love dancing through life. Oh yeah, dancing through life. I is love good. them all. I know it's. It's honestly such a good show. I know. It's such a good Wicked show. Wicked is amazing. Oh, okay. And guys, for those of you like theater buffs, of course, Les Mis. But I'm like not going to say Les Mis because everybody knows Les Mis is right. number one. But Les Mis is mm-hmm. the end all be all. They're all so good. I love musicals. I know. Thanks for that question. Uh, yeah. Oh, of <laughs> course. Your sun rising and moon signs. Have I? I've literally have already we talked said about it. your sun sign. Um, so sun sign Pisces rising Scorpio, and moon Taurus. And just just to add on, my Venus is in Aries and my Mercury is in Pisces. Oh my god! Yeah, I love it. You're pretty mm-hmm. balanced. Then you have the water, the earth, the mm-hmm. fire. I love it. Yeah. Love me some Pisces people. Love in my me life. some Libras. And we found out today that you're a projector. I'm a projector with emotional authority. So everybody listening, we all love human design. We're gonna send Olivia home with some research so she can learn all about the projector life. But it makes so much sense. I'm sure. And Does all it? this time for a year, I was telling you you were a generator, generator. which I don't know why I was so confident in. Thinking I remembered what you were, who knows, but you're a projector. I'm a projector, and y'all. And it's amazing. It's a good life. Yeah. Projectors are amazing. Who are some of your inspirations? My two biggest inspirations, my three biggest inspirations in life are my mom, my dad, and my brother. My mom is an incredible person. I would not be who I am without her. She has taught me, she has introduced me to all spirituality that I know and love Ooh. today. She's incredible. Um, my dad makes me the artistic, soulful person I am um, and has taught me a lot about setting boundaries. And my brother is the smartest person I know. He is 24, Cornell Law School, has overcome mental illness and is just killing it in life um, and is truly intelligent. And then aside from that, I would say that I am incredibly inspired by Pema Chodron, who's an American Buddhist monk who's written a lot of my favorite books and has a lot of good things to say. And um, John Mayer. I don't know. John, <laughs> I Mayer. John Mayer. John Mayer no. is John always Lennon. up there. Yes. Um, and those, yeah, those are my, those are my So good. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite foods? Favorite food, hands down, if it was my last meal, would be Cuban food, vaca frita, um, rice, beans, plantains, all of it. Right now, I'm really loving smashed potatoes. 
with rosemary and garlic. Yeah. Really love- any form of potato I could eat. I or- love potatoes. God, potatoes are so good. Even like you just like gave me some boiled potatoes. I would just eat them with ketchup and be so happy. Yeah. Um, I get French fries after this. I really love pizza. There's just something about pizza. I think the first time I got high, I was like, you guys, pizza is three ingredients. It's bread, it's cheese, and it's sauce. And it's so good. And oh my God. So since then, I've really loved pizza. That's hilarious. And uh, pizza. And then is coffee a food? Yeah, coffee it definitely is my counts. Food then. <laughs> yes, you are the coffee queen. I love my coffee. Your frothy coffee. My frothy coffee inspires everybody who follows you. Um, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Great Dane. Oh, yeah. They're in through. I mean, love. I guess that's the dog question. As an actual animal, I would consider myself. So I looked it up and it said I was a lemur. Oh, wow. <laughs> Really? Based off of freaking lemur. Like questions? questions. Or... It was like a five question quiz. Mm-hmm. It said I was a lemur. But then when I read the lemur, I was like, wow, this is really true. But I, I kind of want to be a hippo. So why? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so this is so really cute. Great. What's your animal? I would for sure be a cat. Yeah. Like some type of cat, mm-hmm. either. Like Heidi. a Hudson type of cat <laughs> yeah. or like a mountain lion or a snow leopard. Yes. Um, I see you as a snow leopard. All felines. But when people look into my aura, people who see auras like Kelsey Patel, mm-hmm. et cetera, they see Hudson. They're like, oh my God, your soul is like, Huddy's right there intermingled with me. I need my aura read because I want to know what animal I am. I know. I mean, a lot of times when people look at your aura, they would see colors, they would see... Mm past lives. And so it's interesting that like a cat was right there for me, but it's very feline energy. You have I feline could, energy. I could try to read yours at some really? point. Yeah. If oh we God. like stared into each other's eyes long enough. And you just see I a big see your past lives. floppy Great Dane coming at you. Like, <laughs> Literally. Tall you and... are like a puppy though. I yeah. mean, <laughs> there are like people, Puppy souls in my puppy life. Souls. Jonathan's a puppy soul for Jonathan's sure. A puppy soul. I've you're, only met Jonathan once, and he's a puppy yeah, soul. Yeah, you're a puppy soul, but you're also really wise. Thank you. It's like a great Dane. We are. Mm-hmm. We have the puppiness, but we also get tired pretty easily. Yeah. And, I yeah. just want a great Dane. <laughs> I know you need one at some point soon. Soon. If you were a color, what color would you be? Olive green. Not olive oh, green. Of actually, like a gray green. I really love like a a, a taupe. Taupe. Or like an earthy green is my favorite color. And I do feel like that's my favorite. However, I don't know. Can you read my aura? I think I, I kind think I kind of hit in an orange yellow. That's do what I? I was just going to yeah, say. I hit in a very like, um, I think like a really burnt yellow. It's All kind of around your face. Like if I'm looking at your aura, yeah, which is hard while we're talking, like mm-hmm. only cause I'm still honing those skills, but you, have orange all around your face and Just yellow. Just because I did my makeup really bad. And white. No, it's it's, it's <laughs> around the outer part. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And white energy is like really connected to the universe. You guys, if you've never looked in Jordan's eyes, you're truly missing out. <laughs> when I first met Jordan, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I don't even, I, when did we first meet? I think we met at that um, event in Venice when I had just finished an ayahuasca retreat and I like showed up that morning oh still basically feeling ayahuasca it was um Nicole and Priscilla's 
uh, lunch. Oh remember? We were gosh. like, okay, yes. like, oh my God, I've known yes. you for so many lifetimes. Yes. Okay, you guys, no joke. I meet Jordan. We'd been wanting to meet for so long. I'm so excited. Straight up, her eyes are like daggers. And I don't really, in a good way, like daggers with roses because I don't look in people's eyes often. I'm very much like into myself and into my words and I'm looking off. I love looking into your eyes. I love hanging out with you just because I get to look into your eyes. I love that. Yeah. That's so nice. It's yeah. like the nicest thing in the world. Oh my gosh, really? It's so true. You have beautiful eyes as oh, well. Thank you. Like, thank you. And your eyes are different. Earthy it's, green. It's not even this, it's not even the color, Jordan. <laughs> it's like you can literally see. I know you can see me. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that about anyone. Looks like I'm in love again, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so much love between us. I know. Yeah. No, I do. I feel like I look right into people's souls. I'm like, you're special. This is where we've been together in mm-hmm. past lifetimes. You're a little bit alien. You're a little bit this. And people, for a lot of people, that's too much. But I don't tell them unless mm-hmm. they're open to hearing it. You know um, me. I'm you are a bit alien for sure. Really? Yeah. Oh and I'm very alien. So yeah. I can tell you. I mean, yeah. I was just like, I was like a postman alien. I would just like come and drop mail off and go back to earth. <laughs> and you I've might be because you're also surrounded. very human. Like I'm not. So I yeah. am in this lifetime, but it's, I, but I always say it's hard for me to be a human. I don't know how you, I don't, I don't see you really as human. I, I no. do see you as more of like an angel. Thank you. You're yeah. But that's why my body struggles so much. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of that too. I mean, you have a sensitive body. Mm-hmm. Empaths. Sensitive. All of us empaths are a little Ugh. not human. My God. But like, I think all of us humans are from somewhere else, but that's, must be. that's a whole other thing, <laughs> but it's really fun. It's another three hours. Um, if you had the chance to meet anybody, who would you want to meet? Dead or alive? Yeah, dead or alive. John Lennon. So mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Of course you love the Beatles. Oh yeah. Beatles I would love best. to sit with him. Yoko, give or take, whatever. I don't mm-hmm. care. But I would love to sit with him like naked in a room and just make music with him and yes. let him do what he does best. Naked in a room. My God. Mm-hmm. I, I, I create that just... iconic photo of them. <laughs> I know. It's 444, by the way. Shut I just have to call up. it out. Okay, yeah. 445. Here we go. I, I yeah. don't know what's going to happen, you guys, but we'll let you it's know. It's all good. And if anybody's um, listening to this and they look at the clock and it's 444, serious. you have to tell us because that's my favorite thing when that happens. That would be nuts. I um, know. But yeah, John Lennon, I think he has, he to me is, one of those people who he's not human. For sure. Not human. I mean, he's so talented, so otherworldly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people who die young too, mm-hmm. I feel like their their soul came, did what they had to do. Mm-hmm. And he was here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Um, what's on the horizon for you? Uh, rebrand. In Ooh, the new year. That's exciting. It's exciting. Um, nothing super crazy, but just uh, you'll be getting more more content, more uh, mediums of content. And that's a really exciting thing. And I think on the horizon is goodness. I think that's all I can say right now is For I feel sure. a lot of good energy. But I'm not sure where... I feel very unsure of where life is taking me right now. I'm in a huge transformative state. So it'd be really hard for me to tell you what's on the horizon, 
I just feel that good things are happening and I'm not sure what they are. So check I'm back. I'm totally with you. Yay. And where can everybody find you? So you can find me on my Instagram at Olive Eats. So that's O-L-I-V-E dot E-E-E-A-T-S. I always think about that. I always wonder if it's three E's or four. Sister, that's why like, we're doing a freaking rebrand. I can't. Oh, you when are? I, when are you changing tell, names? It might be changed by the time this comes out. Yeah, yeah, it's the new year. Yeah, so we're gonna, gonna, I'm hoping to change my name. We'll see what happens, but it's really difficult to explain it to people. And I'm sure that, you know, you type in the E's and it ends up coming up because it's a little bit totally. wacky that I'm one of the only people with the, you know, the four mm-hmm. E's, but it's just confusing. Oh, I'm so excited Ooh, for you and thank for everything you. coming. Thank you for having me on here. It was, this is easily... I mean, this to me is like a start in my 2020, but this was the best cap to 2019 and the best start to 2020. I completely agree. Thank you. This was so fun. The best. And And now I love podcasting again. I missed it. We're back, sister. You made it so fun and so wonderful. No real life. First episode back, which I was a little worried about just because by the end of the last season, which mm-hmm. was season one, lasted for three years. Um, I was just so burnt out and wasn't enjoying it anymore. Not in the same way. Mm-hmm. And this was so fun, so enjoyable. Got to hang out with someone that I love so much. Like perfect. And bring this content to the amazing people listening. Oh, well, thank you all so We're much so for lucky. listening. I'm so lucky. This is awesome. This is the best. And you guys get excited for season two because it's going to be lit. for listening to this episode with Olivia. She is such a powerhouse. I love that she did a breathwork session for us, a little miniature breathwork session in the episode. She opened up. She got really real with us. I'm so thankful that she shared the behind the scenes of dealing with a breakup and so many other things in her life, taking time off of social media, our shared love for astrology and our zodiac signs and human design and all the good stuff. So guests like Olivia are certainly why I am honestly so grateful and happy to be podcasting and why podcasting is such a dream job for me in every single way because I just get to hang out and talk to my friends in some cases and my inspirations in every case and honestly everyone who comes on the podcast does become my friend so it's amazing when I have people on like Olivia who I'm close with and we just get to dive right in and dive deep. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you to our sponsors for Sigmatic Code Blonde for 15% off. And thank you to Go Macro, which you will also get 30% off of Go Macro with the code Blonde. They are my favorite, favorite vegan protein bar. So hopefully you heard me chatting about them in the mid-roll, but they're so amazing. I'm just so excited to have them as a new sponsor of the show. And then Four Sigmatic, our longtime sponsor. And then I just wanted to remind you guys, if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, I do give away my Soul on Fire yoga ebook for free. 
to everyone who rates and reviews the podcast. Just head into iTunes, give a rating and review. Send me your rating and review to Jordan at thebalanceblonde.com and I will respond with my Soul on Fire yoga ebook and just thank you. I like to thank you personally. Yeah, and I'm just super grateful. So with that, I hope everyone has an incredible day. I just feel so freaking happy to be living life. Life is amazing, you guys. It might sound so silly and so like, why is she even saying this right now? But life is amazing. And I've been feeling that way more and more lately after coming out of the darkness. And I'm just so grateful. So thank you for listening to the episode. Join our Soul on Fire podcast drive on Facebook. Follow Olivia on Instagram. Check her out. And I hope everyone has an amazing day. Love you all. Mwah.